And we are live. I'm here with PK Zade. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. And we're here today to talk about some awesome news because you've got a fight coming up and it's on Brave. So I'm really excited to talk to you about it. Um, how did it come about? Uh, my manager contacted me at the start of lockdown and said, how are you kind of going about things? And I said, well, I'm going to be training for out. And he said, okay, stay close to the way. And uh, yeah, we just needed something would come up and I was prepared to pretty much go anywhere they offered me. So yeah, they just met. Uh, Chris called me last week and said, uh, it was a different opponent offered at the time. And he right. said, he said, uh, and it was a different date as well. It was uh, going to be the August the 15th, not August the 8th. Okay. But then, you know, um, especially for February, I'm really close to the weight. So he said, hey, we got a few different names you want to fight. I was like, yeah, sign me up. Let's do it. And the the fight is in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Yep, Stockholm. Yeah. So yeah. So in Stockholm, eighth of August. So you're going to have to quarantine when you get home as well, right? Uh, I got a few games on the PlayStation. I'll be, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. So if you've been training all the way through lockdown anyway, then I guess you deserve a bit of a break when you come home. <laughs> yeah trust me yeah because when you're training sorry yeah go on when you're like when you're training for a fight that's only speculative you're constantly carrying the burden with you so to actually have the relief of having a fight it's uh it's actually gonna feel like quite a release for the first time in my career so it's gonna be good yeah i feel like you really need a, an opponent named and a date and be able to walk to work towards that specific date and, and person Mm, yeah it's true that's why i've got so much respect for like there's a lot of fighters like that, that they just come into the ufc on super short notice and they beat a ranked guy and, and you're like wow okay this guy's probably going to be a champion like they yeah. just do it so well and yeah so now that i've been in that situation i can have a lot more respect for guys like that and what do you know about your opponent i know his frame his movements winning record as an amateur it's pretty much him. I don't. I don't get to know them on a personal level. I look at the training environment that they're in. I try to watch every single one of their fights, not to memorize techniques, etc., but just to get an idea of their frame, their tendencies, their knowledge in certain positions. And uh, you know, I don't know the person in that cage. I only know the frame. I only know the movements, the patterns. So. Have, have yeah. you ever fought anyone that you've known before? Mm -hmm. No, I've actually had, I'd say that a majority of my fights, because of my amateur boxing, IMF, and uh, I've actually had probably more fights in my career where I didn't actually see the guy until we stepped into the cage or the ring. Right. Yeah. So. so I haven't even studied footage on them or anything. Uh, it's about what I do in there anyway, so it's not really a problem. You know, I think that guys, sometimes they get a little bit too... I, I know this now because I'm coaching guys as well. Yeah. Like if I have somebody that's fighting maybe a, a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, they'll be like, oh, he's a purple belt. I don't want to go to the ground for him. I'm like, yeah, but you roll with purple belts. You train with purple belts the whole time. I just saw you have a purple belt last week. Why are you afraid to go on the ground with him? Like you need to be aware of certain movements, but those movements could be done by a black belt, a blue belt, could be done by a white belt. So again, it's about what you and doing there, right? So focusing yeah. on your opponents a little bit too. 
A hundred percent. You can definitely give someone too much respect in a certain area or, or focus too much on what they're going to do rather than what you're going to do. I think especially from my experience in the training room and uh, I think in even one of my fights, I think that that's the biggest imposing factor for I can only speak for myself, but I think in training experiences in the past, like sometimes you can because I train at a really good jiu-jitsu gym, but in Nogi, you don't know the belt ranks for people. So I'll have a really good round yeah. with somebody and maybe I tap them, maybe I don't. And then, you know, talk to them afterwards, you find out they're like a black belt and you're like, wow, okay. But if I would have known you were a black belt before the role, then maybe I wouldn't have uh, approached certain moves with such confidence. Yeah. I, would have, I would have approached every position like 0.2 of a second slower. And that's all you yeah. need in jiu-jitsu. Even if you're just a little, little fraction off or you don't have that conviction, like, yeah. To give you an example, it'd be like putting your pressure with somebody onto the ground. You grab somebody like this, that's one thing, but then if you push your head all the way to the floor and actually have that conviction, that's how you're going to get the pass, that's how you're going to get to a superior position. But if you're too busy telling yourself, like, oh my goodness, he's a black belt from this guy, this guy, this guy, that's what kind of paralyzes you, you get caught in that no man's land, yeah. that's you get caught, you know? You're talking about every jiu-jitsu competition I've ever entered. I stand oh, really? there looking at my opponent like, she's got more stripes than me. This is bad. This bad. She looks like she knows what she's doing. <laughs> Just you, that um, little bit of hesitancy. Is, in is, that a, is that something that you felt impeded you? Is that something where you felt oh, like yeah. you were able to over... Did you feel like you were able to overcome it? Like, did you have any tactics or stuff for you that too, were, like, too late? What? Too late in the the day, I overcome it. It takes me halfway through the round to wake up, and then, then I'm just defending from there. Uh, well, still though, at least you get at least at least you have the the bravery to get out there and put yourself out there. I can respect that. You know, it's a lot of a lot of people. They'll be on the sides and they will tell you everything you've done wrong. But <laughs> yeah. it's different. It's different when you make that walk. You get in front of that man you have to compete fight whatever box with somebody you've never met before somebody will never talk to see again it's a whole different thing that people don't really realize yeah i'm just gonna keep going until eventually it starts working for me you've got a lot that's of support it, coming it. through that's already jackson oh, say, <laughs> saying uh, hi uh jamil uh, <laughs> <laughs> hi guys and kathleen <laughs> everyone's saying hi so I'm really surprised that we haven't met before because um, you've, you've been on the BCMMA shows. I last saw you fight at um, Fightstar, which I think was your second pro yeah. fight. Was that your last fight? Yeah, in December. Yes. Yeah, um, that obviously went really well. So talk to me about your, your martial arts journey. Like, how did you get into martial arts? Um, I started martial arts when I was... Uh... I did Thai boxing for a little bit when I was like 10 or 11 at Wilson Sports Center, which is like where I'm from. But I stopped doing it for a while. I was like doing cross country running and stuff like that for a little bit. And right. then when I was when I was 16, um, no, when I was 14 or 15, my teacher in school, her son was in the UFC. And, wow, uh, who's her son? Uh, James Zickich. Yeah. He fought UFC 33, I believe. And uh, yeah, I was just bored in class. I just asked her. It was just talk she was just talking to me. I was talking to her because it was just one. And then like she said her son was in the UFC. And I was like, in the UFC or he fights MMA? And she was like, no, he's in the UFC. And I was like, 
oh crap. And then I went home and uh, Googled him. And I think at the time he had just, he was either getting ready to, or he had just fought Vitor Belfort. And I'm from, I'm from Wembley. So like all the, when Cage Rage was Cage Rage, like when Cage Rage was yeah, one of the best yeah. shows in the world, like when they had all the top names, they were doing shows in the Wembley Arena and Wembley Conference Center. And so like me and my friends kind of knew about it. And um, when I was 16, I started doing just like casual training. He was the British Muay Thai heavyweight champion. His name was Kenny Gale out of Minotaur's gym. I still see him around my area and stuff like that. And um, from there, I uh, just kind of started getting into the martial arts. I was, I watched this show called Dream. And uh, there was a, gym in London that had about three or four fighters that uh, were fighting on Dream. They had some brilliant guys like Mary Zoromskis, uh, Zelk Galicic. I might be forgetting some names, but they were these guys were like top of the top, you know, like uh, Zoromskis was winning world titles at, in Dream and stuff. And um, I just said, okay, that's the place I've got to be. I joined the next week and then everything just snowballed and I guess it's turned into a professional career. Amazing. So how long have you been training for now in total since then? Like since you've joined that gym? It's been 12 years. Wow. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and you said that you were involved on the amateur boxing circuit as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had a few amateur boxing bouts, but I fought mixed martial arts first. But uh, again, I think that as an amateur, you've got to kind of put yourself even in your most uncomfortable situations. And I think as an amateur, I knew that my boxing was probably the weakest aspect of my game. So went to the best boxing gym I could find, kept my mouth shut, didn't tell anybody I did MMA, put my shoes on, put my headgear on, do all my rounds, put all the work in, asked me if I wanted to box for them. Again, boxed on like a day's notice multiple times in the middle of nowhere. Like I've got a lot of experience in uh, some really absurd and weird situations that don't really face me. Like, like if people, like if people, like even now, I think if it wasn't for my amateur experience, people might think of something like, oh wow, I'm going to Stockholm, Sweden, brave, finding in my opponent's hometown is a thing. But I'm like, I've like I've had experiences between the second and the third in my opponent's hometown for boxing where my coach would be like, yo, you dropped him in this round, don't knock him out or they're gonna brick our car. Okay? So just carry him through the round. So li literally experiences like that where I've had people come up to me up before the fight and tell me that if I like Yeah, it's been crazy. So again, this is the fact that I get to do this on a professional level now is Yeah. It's it's just fun, you know, it's cool. It's not a problem. Talking of weird and crazy situations, I wanted to talk to you about your IMAF experience. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I know I'm going back a few years now, but. Um, Quite a few years. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't really lose, but, but you yeah. didn't get to, to go on to the final either. Mm. So do you mind telling people what happened? Because from your from your social media post, you you accepted that very graciously, considering. I've <laughs> been through much worse in life. There's no point complaining about the result of a sporting contest, you know. Because like even when I spoke to the referee after the mistake had happened, like he was, 
he was more devastated than I was. Like, I heard that he had quit refereeing and stuff. And I was like, yo, like, why are you quitting refereeing? I didn't quit fighting. Like, I was back on the treadmill the next day. Like, Yeah. So tell people what yeah. happened. Oh, well, I don't want to discredit the guy I was fighting in the quarterfinals. He's a 3-0 pro now. Again, somebody I'm – who knows, one day. But, um, yeah, he had me in, like, uh, armbar towards the end of the first round. The referee heard, like, the 10-second clapper. Uh, must have thought that it was the bell. Stopped the contest. And uh, then we returned to our corners, but then like he looked and there was 10 seconds left and he said, you tapped and they showed the replay and it showed that I didn't, et cetera, like that. Yeah, it was it was bad, but look, man, life goes on. It's not really one of them situations. I feel like if the more I drone on about it, the worse it makes me look, the more it makes me look like a baby in terms of discrediting my opponent because he did a brilliant setup to get to that armbar and... Life goes well, that was on. Like, my no, fault for bringing it up. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I can talk about I can talk about all my successes and my failures, no problem. Like this isn't one of those things where I can get completely uh, emotional about things. It's it's just a fight. Like you know, it means yeah. a lot, and it means everything to me right now. But listen, there's it's one fight of twenty fights on that card of multiple shows that night, and they're gonna keep going. So it's not really an issue for me. But yeah, it was a good experience. IMF was awesome, man, because the round before I beat like the three-time national Kazakh champion who was a complete savage. And these guys are always fresh in the UK, guys. So I wanted to put yeah. on for all the wrestling training that I've been doing over these 10 years because I've been doing a lot of wrestling training, like a lot of like, like having to get up at like six in the morning, drive an hour, set the mats up myself, clean the mats up myself. I've been smacked around the head by numerous coaches. Like it's a different kind of breed. Like it really, no, it really breeds you to be something else. Like it's such a tough, yeah. tough sport, and it gives you a kind of. Um, my face is more scarred up from wrestling than boxing or kickboxing and MMA can ever do. Really, I definitely but think it's the it. most. Yeah, it's the most exhausting of all the disciplines. It, it mm. requires yeah, yeah. the most endurance. It causes the most injuries. It's yeah, only absolutely. for the toughest of the tough, I think. But again, uh, everything you said, with that also comes great rewards. It gives you a different kind of toughness. It gives you an ability to dictate fights. And it can also, especially in mixed martial arts, like people always try to think of mixed martial arts as wrestling, ground, boxing, but there's all different kinds of ranges the fight can, the fight can be dictated at. You know, there's some fighters like... Uh, I'll give you a good example of a fight when Josh Barnett fought Frank Mir. He yeah. didn't fight at any of those ranges. He fought in a primarily clinch-based range where he used a combination of like wrestling ties combined with strikes to completely destroy Mir. So it has such a great correlation to the rest of the mixed martial arts. You just have to look at all the champions that have come from the sport. It's 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 uh, it's certainly worth it. I would never. If anything, I wish I could do more of it. You know. Yeah. You sound like a really technical fighter and your fight IQ is <laughs> shining through even in an interview. Uh, well, you know, it's one thing to sound like it. August 8th, fight like one. That's, wow. <laughs> well, Chris Emmanuel says you're being as eloquent and engaging as always. <laughs> He's biased. <laughs> and Ben Heather says, let's go, champ. <laughs> uh, so you've also competed on Battle Grapple. Uh, oh, like... yeah. <laughs> Those disasters. <laughs> disasters. Yeah. It was a draw. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a disaster for me, man. It just—it's a submission. It's a sub, no, but it was—it was a submission-only format. Uh, it was—it was, it was a, those were those were actually like really beneficial experiences. Like if I knew what I knew now, like the magnitude of the show, I would have. Uh, but it actually opened my eyes up a lot to a lot of my game because um, both times when I went on battle grapple, if obviously a submission only, the only way to win is by submission. But if you would have asked me before the matches. Because uh, I, I played both matches from different positions. In my first match, I was primarily wrestling and going for top position. So I was trying a lot of passes. And um, in my second match, I tried to, because uh, I was going up against a very good mixed martial artist, young man. Um, give him a shout out to Nick Bagley. Hope he's doing well in his career. Oh, yeah, um, Nick. Yeah, yeah, you know, nice kid. And I was like, you know what? I want to try to play from the bottom. Because I was like really training a lot of jujitsu from the bottom, but in both times, if you would have asked me like what submission I was going to win with, I wouldn't have been able to give you an answer. And in the submission only format, that's not really good. <laughs> and it had, yeah, no, but like that's not like discrediting my opponents. They did fantastic. It was it's me that has to like. But I ended up getting a new jujitsu coach from it at Ingemels, and he kind of gave me this systems based approach to game to my jujitsu, and he spoke about it with me it's like i've forgotten most of the submissions that i do now and i have a system of moves that i want to go towards and um so I ended up getting... space, that sounds like similar to something john danaher would say um i mean danaher's the guy it seems well, no it seems he definitely is the guy when it comes to submission grappling so um but there's a lot of great minds in submission grappling jiu-jitsu attracts a lot of brilliant minds but um, it really, those, my experiences on Battle Grapple forced me to uh, really, really work, have to work hard on my grappling. Like, especially in preparation for this fight, I was training with the ADCC European champion, the European champion at Brown Belt, uh, Brown Belt, another Brown Belt champion. Uh, I think I, yeah, I've been training with a lot of high level guys now off the back of kind of having my eyes opened on what I needed to work on from those experiences. They were great experiences, by the way. Like, if any, if I could say anything to any young fighter out there, even if you just do mixed martial arts, like, get yourself out there in a situation like that. Because once you get on a show like that and you look out at the crowd, you'll be like, oh, wow, there's, like, a thousand people here. There's lights on me. I'm being streamed. Oh, okay. Time to, time to make it happen, you know? Yeah. Well, for me, you sound like you've, like, built your career in the perfect way because you had a load of fights at uh, Amateur, like 10, mm. 10 MMA fights. Um, yeah. I always think it's if people can get into double figures on their, their amateur fights, um, it's, it's just a, a really good way to test yourself against the best people that you possibly can at that level and then... Um, to do IMAF as well. Again, I think what you were saying about not knowing your opponents and just getting mm. who you're drawn with on the day, I feel like that's a really great way, especially for girls and some of the lower weight classes for guys yeah. who, who find it hard to to be matched on every card because there's few people in that weight class in their area or what have you. Like It's a really good way to get, if you do well, a few fights in a week. It teaches you a lot of lessons as well. Like, because of social media and stuff nowadays, people sometimes tie their identity too much into being a winner. You should always give 100%. You should always try to win everything you do. But if you compete enough, you're going to have an off day and you're not going to win 100% of them. But you're going to learn more going there, 
maybe it doesn't go your way. Uh, listen, still, still bowing, still keeping your head up, no excuses. Take it gracefully back to the gym, work on it, you know, not making no excuses. Like these kind of things are important. And MMA is freaking dangerous. Like this yeah. is a serious sport to be in. Like I'm under no implications. I'm not under, I'm under no like delusions or like, oh, I'm on, I got a show on Brave. I can't wait. Like, you know, uh, I've, I've got to show up and perform. Like this is a serious sport. So at least with amateur, you can kind of get used to the nerves of competition before having to deal with the nerves of getting a shin across your head, getting an elbow in your face, because these are all yeah. brutal realities of the sport that you have to be prepared for. So, you know, the more times you can kind of get out there and kind of get close to that without having with, you know, especially amateur, big gloves, guys like Sam Amidi, Dan Moverheady, they're good refs, they'll save you, they'll stop the fight when it needs to. Yeah. so you know what i mean like and then have that experience have those like little brushes and then get pulled back like that's really good for a fighter's career you know you, yeah, you don't, you don't want you, you don't want to learn that with a four-ounce glove in your face in the truck so you trust me that's not the way to <laughs> do it because then you ain't never going to be the same well there's a really amazing amateur scene now so people have those yeah. opportunities available mm. to them like back in the day they're just wasn't that scene happening and people went yeah. straight to pro just after mm. a few months of training but yeah. do you feel more pressure to keep your o now that you're pro i don't feel no pressure for anything because at the end of the day it doesn't really mean anything does it the o doesn't mean anything to me because what is it it's a fight right i take each one every every they just got to deal with one fight as it comes. It's more the O seems to matter to other people. But then when you kind of just have that ego death and you kind of just free yourself from those things and you understand that in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't mean much, right? The champions of like BJ Penn was once the greatest fighter yeah. in the world, right? He was amazing. He was a free, the like jiu-jitsu world champion in three years. And now people see an amazing fighter like that. One of the legends of the sport, one of the greatest of all times. And they might be like, past it, bum. Yeah. Uh, knocked out outside the bar. So what does it matter? You know, <laughs> they're not going to be happy either way. You've got to <laughs> do it for yourself. So the O, there's no pressure. For what? It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's good to hear. Um, ben Heather says that you've carried out your career in the best possible way, all about learning. And once you're pro, nobody cares what you were as an AME. It's not all about that record. It's about learning until you get to pro. Yeah, like I would much rather have, like, if I, I'm not even going to name names because I really don't, but like sometimes I see guys on their records and it's like first round stoppages on their home show against just like complete, like, like it's a danger that these guys are in the cage. Like they shouldn't yeah. be in there and their coaches should be, like the, the the sooner you can put a license on this stuff and stop these kids getting freaking, <laughs> we don't know. But the sooner you can get these guys just like licensed and safe. Like, and yeah. I'd, much more, I'd much rather have a guy, I'd much rather fight a guy that was like 10 round, 10 first round stoppages as an amateur. And I know like, yo, this guy is just for his home show. You stick it on him after the first minute, he's going to be looking at his coach and it's going to be a very, very bad place to be. I'd much rather fight a guy like that than like, uh, like a guy that's like, like a 10 and 10 guy that's fought all over the country, 
Okay, I'll give you. I'll, I'll drop a name, right? I got a friend. I just spoke to him recently. There's uh, I was on the UK MMA team with him, Scott Pedersen. Yeah. Like that boy's a nightmare because he's fought all around the world. He's he listen two days notice. Those are the guys you got to watch out for because those are the guys they've yeah. had a whole they've had a they've had a whole crowd booing them. They've had a whole crowd talking about their mother. Like they've had all that kind of stuff. They've had to literally, like. Like for me, I was like in the freaking, I was like eating with my friends and then my boxing coach called me and said, where are you? And I was like in a restaurant. He's like, yo, don't eat that food because you're fighting tomorrow. I'd much rather fight a dude that hasn't had to go through that than has had to go through that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, them amateur careers, man. They're, 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 they're good dress rehearsals, man. Yeah. I know, I know what you're saying about the the padded records of of oh, yeah. some people as well. Oh, but, oh, I mean, I did, oh, I'd love to get my hands. I, I will, and I will, and I will. There's a few. I'm gonna get my hands on those boys. I'm gonna show them what it's about <laughs> to be the reality of a fighter. Like, trust me, trust me. It's one thing to be in a gym with your coach and you guys touch spar and you're friendly, friendly, friendly. And then there's real freaking fight training. There's like, like. I, I can speak from personal experience. Smash your ankle in the first round. Still have to fight for another two. Like, all kinds of shit. Like, yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> no, that's I just, fine. You, you got me thinking about something. <laughs> Sorry. So, I was going to say, like, Brave is obviously a huge promotion. I know this is a, a co-promotion with Bulldog, yeah. I think. Uh, Bulldog mm -hmm. Fight Nights. Um, but... Obviously, Brave is a, a huge name, but I just get the impression from talking to you that the name of the show just isn't daunting for you at no, all and doesn't mean much. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. They want you to feel like that because it's good for them because it boosts up their promotion. But at the end of the day, strip it down. What is it? It's a fight in a. It's a, it's a fight in the events room of the Clarion Sign Hotel in Stockholm, Sweden, just like I've fought in event lobbies of the tottenham irish center yeah it's it's the same thing it's the same thing it'd be a different logo on the canvas and they might put up a few more electrical devices in my face but i've been i've been doing this since i was a teenager this isn't a problem for me if anything the only real thing i've got to do an occasion like this is show a little bit more and try to actually own the occasion because it could translate into uh uh potential future earnings you know that's yeah that's it that's it that's it if the, uh, worrying about it's not going to do anything like it's just going to force me to freeze up and get nervous and act the fool out there so no point no point worrying about that even though there's no point though some people can't stop themselves from feeling that way and it yeah, feels yeah, like you've very much put natural. that under control <laughs> that's perfectly natural but i think the more times you just uh face the situation go for it you know yeah, yeah. and then, how do you think it'll be without a crowd there i thought most of my imf was without a crowd uh my first two amateur fights had no uh, crowd uh amateur boxing they do it by uh age and weight so i was one of the older kids and one of the heavier kids so by that time most of the crowds already cleared out it's not a problem it's the same thing that i do every day just with shin guards off yeah and Ben says Stockholm has nothing on Charter Hall, Colchester. I agree with you, Ben. BC, <laughs> BCM, is a great, BCM is a great show, man. BCM is amazing show. 
It is a great show. Shout out to Jack Mason. <laughs> Jack Mason is a good, honest person, man. I'm very thankful for my experiences at the wins and the losses. So, super excited to see you fight. It's the 8th of August in Stockholm. I, is it pay-per-view or is it... I know the last Brave card was free. Do you know how people can watch? They're all going to be free on the website, but as of right now, I know I'm the... I think I'm the opening prelim, so I don't know whether my fight's going to be streamed. It might be. Hopefully it is. I, I really hope it is, actually. <laughs> oh, I hope it. it is too. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't be. I think it will be streamed because I watched the card they did yesterday in Romania and it flew by because they only had six fights on the card. It was, yeah, it they're was shorter cards, aren't they? It was, it, was, it was literally done in like an hour ten. Like By the time the event actually picked up speed, it was over. And uh, I think like two of the fights were like 0-1 guys against a 10-0 killer. So you just knew like... You, there was like three good fights and that was about it really crikey <laughs> yeah, well i will direct everyone to the the brave website then um yeah as chris said we'll we'll let everybody know via mma uk we'll post it we'll put it under this interview so people know where to to watch you but um all that's left to say is best of skill it was lovely uh, talking to you lovely to meet you finally thank you very much miss hunter thank you for the platform it was lovely to meet you too thank you very much and i'd love you to come back on and talk about the win afterwards we will do a post-fight interview most certainly perfect thank you so much pk safe travels and thank you, hunter. best of skill take thank care thank you very much miss hunter have a lovely day goodbye and you bye-bye